Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. So happy to have you guys here and have a great episode for you guys today. It feels like it's been a while since I've had guest episodes, so really excited to put this out and get some more amazing guests on the show, as you guys can maybe tell through social media. (laughs) I don't know where else you could tell, I guess, on the podcast. I've just been moving through a lot of life transitions and plans changing and reestablishing my foundation, but really excited to have more time for the podcast and booking and all those things soon. Um, Yeah, maybe I'll do an episode about like working nine to five and having a side hustle and things like that, because that's something that is on my mind at the moment. Um, and might be for you guys if you have creative projects outside of your full-time job, whether that's a nine-to-five structure or something different. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a reminder to leave a five-star review for the podcast if you've been listening, if you've been liking the show. Um, Yeah, it really helps the podcast out. And yeah, besides that, as you know, in the show notes, there's a booking link for an intuitive reading, and those are $55, which is on the cheaper side for um, a 30-minute to an hour reading. So if you want to try one of those out, get some intuitive guidance, you know, just talk through a point in your life that you're kind of wanting some guidance on, absolutely love doing those. And I also have my shorter coaching sessions that are just 90 minutes with a month follow-up with Voxer voice messaging. And then I have bigger packages that are three months, six months, a year. So yeah, definitely reach out if that is feeling good and aligned for you. And yeah, I think many exciting things are to come. I'm just reestablishing the fine, like saying financial, but the foundations of my life in a lot of ways financially and recovering (laughs) from Boston in the past year and kind of rebuilding and reorganizing my life and I'm a Virgo so that feels really good and really important and I'm really excited to improve things with the podcast and with everything moving forward um but yeah I think those are all the announcements on my end Life updates are just, I'm still on the Outer Banks and figuring that all out, but I'm really excited for you guys to hear today's episode. It's it's funny how these get recorded, and I feel like me and Aaron have gotten so close after, like, through the past, like, five, six months that we've been connecting because we've had to reschedule this interview so many times um, and have just been, like, super vulnerable with each other and just, like, talk to each other and became friends through our us both going through kind of chaotic springs together. Um, So yeah, I feel like this episode came out at the perfect time when we were both really ready to have this conversation. And, you know, I talk about this and spoiler alert, I think I'm going to be making more of like a private Instagram just for women to be talking about um, sexuality and kind of things related to that. Because I think it's a very... um, 
intense topic that I think it's like women need to feel safe with other women to talk about. So I think I'm going to create something that's a little bit more private there where we can all have these kind of discussions in a safer, more intimate way. So I plan to have a lot more of those discussions, just shifting that to a more kind of private group setting. Um, But yeah, I think these conversations are so important around our sexuality and feeling safe. And I know in my experience and my story, which you'll hear a little bit more about in this episode and Aaron's experience, um, we don't have good sex education. We don't talk about sex being emotionally safe. And I think we're getting a lot better with teaching women and men about sex, but women aren't educated on their pleasure. They're not educated on feeling emotionally safe. They're not educated on the fact that these experiences are for them. Um, So yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done and these type of conversations and teachings like need to be also happening earlier, happening in middle school, happening in high school before, you know, so many women have these first sexual experiences that are, um, you know, little T or big T traumas and just create these narratives that really limit, um, you enjoying sex and enjoying that part of yourself and your life and everyone deserves to feel like they can be authentic in their sexuality that it's about their pleasure that they can have orgasms that they can feel safe with partners and safe to say no and safe to share their body with um, people that feel good and safe for them so I think all of this is really important and I'm really glad Aaron was able to come on and we were able to have a really, you know, vulnerable conversation like we always do about these topics. And yeah, just talk about what this really looks like and take you through if maybe you're in the experience of I'm not even present during sex. It doesn't feel good for me. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel good. I don't want to feel self-conscious. Like listening to me and Aaron's journeys, you'll be able to see yourself in some part of that and know that being authentic in your sexuality, which isn't always pretty and amazing, but being open to all parts of yourself, not feeling like you have to look or act or be a certain way, but just enjoying and being present to the experience um, is possible for you. And yeah, that there's women out there that really want to support you in that. And I know Aaron is one of them, but I don't want to wait any longer. I'll tell you a little bit about today's guest and get into the episode. So Aaron Ryan is an intuitive energy healer, artist, embodiment mentor, and is training to be a holistic sex coach slash therapeutic yoni massage practitioner. Her mission is to help women remember their primal essence and power through both physical embodiment and energetic healing, creating safety within, healing the heart and yoni, and establishing deeper intimacy with self and others along the way. She believes through accepting our darkness and loving all parts of ourself, we find liberation. Aaron's devotion is to unconditional freedom, sexual sovereignty, coexisting with our shadows, and experiencing life through an artist's lens. I love all of that so much, and I resonate so much with her mission and just loving all parts of ourself and our shadows and just feeling safe to be ourself and express and not make ourselves wrong for our shadows and those parts of us. So yeah, let's get in. Let's get into the episode, guys. So excited for today's guest. 
So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately, whether it's a mindset, you know, a limiting belief or something kind of more tangible? Mm, I love, love, love this question. I feel like lately finding my freedom looks like tapping into what my body is wanting to express. So whether that's through dance or kind of like an embodiment practice of like screaming or just allowing whatever is in my body to come out. And I feel like in this process and cultivation of this deep embodied practice, that's where this freedom almost is allowed to come online is when I just allow my body to show me what's happening and what she's desiring to move through. And that's been so present for me is really surrendering to that and surrendering to the wisdom of my body. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I feel like I've also been like thinking about how many beliefs we have on like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how we're supposed, it's supposed to feel like push through and like do it this certain way and like how not in the present that is. And like that our body is always giving us signs and signals on like slow down or like there's a way you can make this more fun. And like, just through really embodying what we're feeling and what we're needing, like just like a lot more expansive reality can take place. And like being productive and getting things done in flow, which is really hard to trust when we've, um, you know, been indoctrinated into this world that is like so based on hustle. Right. And I think also like taking the time to sit back and allow your body to show you what's happening rather than have this idea of the way your body needs to look when you're, when you're in this movement or, or a specific dance that you're doing or whatever, I think we can get attached to how it looks rather than what it feels like. And when you drop into the feeling and the sensation of that, that's when there's space for newness to come through or learning something new about yourself or the way that you're programmed or the way that your body is communicating with you at all times. So I find it just so nourishing to just drop into the body and do any sort of embodiment definitely like I always I agree and I love like slowing down and learning new things about like the way I operate and I I think we kind of talked about this on the episode that I was on your podcast um which I'm really excited for but just kind of like the idea of what I want to say this like the idea <laughs> like losing my train of thought like yeah. the, I, what was the last thing you said because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this always happens like for me too my brain is like in feminine like chaos brain so I feel like I'm almost like um what did I say yes the last thing I said was there's so much power and intentional practice when I allow my body to show me what's happening and show me what's going on. That was, I think the gist of what I said. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I remember I was saying that like, I love like pausing and learning more about like the way my brain works, like the way that feels good for me as far as being productive. Um, but I think sometimes too, we get comfortable in the ways that we do things 
And sometimes we do need to change those automatic processes. And I feel like in a relationship, it has been like testing and interesting for me to be like, how do I explain the way I work in flow? Or like, how do I communicate my patterns around productivity, my patterns around like cooking dinner, my patterns around my night routine. Like how do I communicate in words, these like subtle ways that my brain works, what feels good for me, what feels in flow. And I think that's like a really interesting dance to kind of, um, yeah, like welcome someone into like the way you function and like feel good and feel like in flow in the world. Yes, definitely. And I think there's this really big, important piece around like patterning and the way that we operate in the world that there's so much um, knowledge when we decide to like pattern interrupt just for the sake of interrupting that. And I know like in embodiment and like in the practices that I do through embodiment, it's almost like, how can I, because I naturally maybe feel good moving a specific way, but can I interrupt that pattern to go in a way that maybe feels edgy or uncomfortable or foreign to me to actually learn something new about what that gives me, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, through partnership or even just like close friendship and spending a lot of time with people, I feel like I've found myself like, oh, that's like an interesting way you operate in the world does that resonate with me trying it out, like trying it, fitting it for size? No, that doesn't resonate with me or, oh, this is a really amazing way you operate in the world. Like this does resonate with me and just kind of like being open to changing your ways, being open to like more pleasure in your day to day and being open to just, yeah, like feeling what feels good in your body and like heart and mind and soul. Cause I think the goal is of course, we all want to like have purpose and be productive and we all have to like make money in this weird world that we live in so like how can we enjoy the process every hour every day every like minute more yes this brings to light something that I was just recently moving through I feel like I've been working a lot with this archetype of Aphrodite who's like the goddess of pleasure beauty and I feel like as I've been connecting with her she's been showing me like how can you find more pleasure in the mundane things that you do every day? How can you find pleasure in the things that maybe you're not excited to do or the things that are bringing you heartache? Like how can you find pleasure even in the small instances or how can you find the beauty in the things that are not ideal for you? And that's really supported me in tapping into more pleasure in my day-to-day life is like anything can be pleasurable and let's make everything pleasurable all the time. Like whether you're eating breakfast, whether you're taking a shower, whether you're just having a conversation with your partner, like how can you really tap into allowing pleasure to lead the way that you're moving and the way that you're relating to people? Yes. Like pleasure and like presence and like comfort in your body and like like you said making the mundane more fun I just like got like a visual of you know like just brushing your teeth and listening to like music or like dancing around while you're brushing your teeth and yeah I think that's just like a really beautiful reminder um to enjoy the day-to-day more and that like 
we've been taught like everything has to be so hard and so intense all the time. And there are periods and chapters of our life that do feel that way, but Mm -hmm. we can still find like joy and pleasure, even in the moments that feel um, more full, more chaotic, more things going on. Yeah, definitely. Even if you can just find like an inch more of pleasure in something. Cause yeah, for the example of brushing your teeth, you're sitting there like, okay, I actually don't find this pleasurable right now, but it's like, can you close your eyes and just find the tiny ounce of pleasure? Maybe you need to move your hips or just like start rolling your neck, whatever it is, just finding that bit of pleasure to, to, yeah, give yourself that, that, um, that feedback and that, that motion of living in pleasure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's integrating pleasure in your life, but it's like integrating like spirituality, integrating magic into like every moment of your life. And like, Mm -hmm. that is like what makes, um, I remember listening to this one podcast and it was like something in Spanish that I like cannot find the translation for, but it, I think it's called like the things we have to do. And it's called like the key of So it's like, how do we find like pleasure and magic and like create sacred rituals or around like doing our laundry, brushing our teeth, doing our taxes, like doing these things we just like have to do as humans in the world we live in now. And I think that's like a really beautiful reminder to make, you know, just everyday count. Yes, absolutely. And just that there's magic in everything. And I think we forget that we, we kind of become an autopilot sometimes just in our everyday life, especially if we're going in routine and we forget that we're living and that we're human beings having experiences with other people in our lives and other energies out there. And it's so magical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I love that. And like, I did a podcast like recording recently with someone that makes like flower essences and yeah, something she said is like, you know, there's magic all around us. We're just like not looking for it. We're not noticing it. And like, how fun is it to like live a life that brings us really back to our inner child to like play and magic and flow. And I think that's like Mm -hmm. a really beautiful way to kind of start off this conversation. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear kind of your story of like how you got into the work you're doing now and just generally like, what do you do now? And then, you know, later in the episode, we can kind of like talk about what, you know, what were some of the narratives and like, what was your sexual kind of history and past? And then how did that like morph and change and what was that process? But yeah, more now just what your story is and what you do now. Yeah, thank you. My story, it feels very... I reflect every time I get this question, it feels like this beautiful reflection that gets to come online because I feel like my story started so early, like when I was a kid, you know, like exploring my body and kind of curious about self-pleasure and not really knowing what it is, feeling like shame was starting to build there. And then from there, like fast forward into high school, And I began having sex and partying and I thought I was like just living young, wild and free when really I felt like very disconnected from my body, disconnected from my pleasure, from my sexuality and feeling really lost in that, but not having the resources to receive the support that I needed to answer the questions that I had around sex, around 
birth control, around condom use, around everything that I felt just very uneducated in. But I was going off of media, movies, and things that I just saw and witnessed because I didn't have the resources. And so through that, and that like sleeping around and partying went hand in hand. So then fast forward to college, I'm partying even more and feeling even more disconnected from my sexuality and having very disempowering sexual experiences that were very traumatic. And from that moment, I had this realization, like something doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm missing something. I'm seeking something out through this experience. And at the time I didn't have the awareness that I do now around what I was seeking out, but I knew I was seeking something out. And I was like, what is this? What, why do I keep feeling so anxious after having sex with these people? Why do I feel like every guy that I'm starting to date or relate to, I feel like I need to have sex with them right of right away. And the way that I look and the way that I perform in sex matters about like the biggest thing that matters is like whether they're satisfied. My pleasure doesn't matter. And just all of these stories. And so as that was continuing to happen, I felt like I decided in college that I was going to pack up my bags and travel the world. So I did that. And in that experience, I started to tap into spirituality and finding that there was a different way to live your life. And that led me to question even deeper and contemplate, how was I relating to people sexually? How was I relating to myself sexually? What was my relationship to pleasure? What was my relationship to my body? I was asking these questions and feeling so confused. And that's when I started to tap into sacred sexuality and just started digging and doing my own research on this. And because I had this hunger to get to know my body and get to know my sexual expression, because I know I knew one thing was for sure is I, I, I loved sex. I like wanted to have sex all the time. And I'm like, okay, but I want to do this in a way that it feels like it's filling me up and it's not leaving me empty. So that went hand in hand with just not partying as much after that. And as I started to continue on my journey, I had this really deep experience when I was doing a yoga training in India where we were doing Kundalini and I had this kind of awakening where I had this vision of trauma and pain of all of the women that came before me was like flooding through my womb. And it was like, I was transmuting this pain and suffering that so many women have gone through and right then and there, it was like, you are meant to help women with their sexual expression, finding their freedom through their sexual expression and healing your own trauma around sexuality. And I just, it was this huge download that came through and I was like, this is the direction I need to go to. And so that was in 2019. So fast forward a few years. Now I am holistic sex coach and an embodiment coach and feeling like the reason why I'm here today is because I chose to look at my trauma and look at the things that didn't feel right for me. And now I'm feeling more empowered 
in my sexuality, in my expression, using my voice in that. And it, it's seriously my mis- mission to help women find that in themselves because we all are allowed to feel pleasure and we're all allowed to have all different flavors of sexual expression and it's sacred and beautiful. And yeah, I just feel like it's, it's a really important topic that is still pretty taboo. And so it's my mission to really support women through this. Yes. And I, I think that's so, so important. And I feel like there are so many like pieces of that, that I like related to, or just like little like nuggets of wisdom in that. And I think like something I gained from that too, like one is like you saying, like, I love sex and there's even like shame or judgment around saying like, as a woman, like I love sex and it doesn't like have to mean, you know, you love like sex that makes you feel empty. Like you wanted to find sex that felt really good for you. But like, you know, I think most humans on the planet, if they can connect to like their authentic self and pleasure, do love sex. Like we are meant we are sexual creatures. Like we are meant to do this thing and love this thing and like benefit from this thing in some way. And I think that's like really important. Yeah. Just like really important to like talk about and emphasize. Um, And I think something too is just as you were talking, I was just thinking like, I I feel like this is such a universal theme for women. Like so many women, whether it's different kind of issues in sexuality like almost every woman just like almost every woman has had some sort of body image issue almost all women struggle with our sexuality in some way whether we you know kind of end up having casual sex and feeling empty and not feeling good and or we are sexually assaulted or we just never feel like it was about us because of certain messages and I think potentially there are some like rare women with really secure attachment styles that feel good but I think this is like a really universal experience for women where we don't have um, young women learning about sex and learning about how important you know like the emotional connection is and the emotional safety in our sexuality and that it gets to be about us Um, and another thing I thought of from that as well is that um there's generally like this fear around talking about sex. And I think there's even this like fear in men of women's sexuality in a way, Um, (laughs) which is like a really interesting thing in our society. Cause it's like, what is the root of that? What is the reason behind that? So I think your story definitely brings up like a lot of like really interesting points. I'd be curious to hear kind of like your thoughts on how universal it is or yeah, just like why potentially men could feel like threatened. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, this is such a huge thing because I think that women's sexuality is very underdeveloped and understudied. And a lot of people think that the male's sexual arousal response is exactly like the woman's response is the same exact way. And it's very different. And I think in a world where men's pleasure and men's sexuality has been prioritized over women, I think naturally that can be threatening. (laughs) I think that could feel really uncomfortable because it's like, oh, 
now we're shining a light on, like we're opening a new door around sexuality. And oftentimes I think people feel judgmental or insecure or nervous about things that they don't understand. And so my biggest invitation for men and for women also is to be curious about the differences, be curious about the doors that are going to be opened and that all people deserve pleasure and all people deserve to be educated in pleasure and educated on their unique body and knowing where their body parts are, knowing where their vulva and vagina are and the clitoris and all of these places, because it's so it's power to know your body in that way and know your pleasure in that way. So I think also the universal kind of women not really knowing their body as well as feeling like insecure about their body. I think this is deeply rooted in a lack of education around our sexuality and pleasure. I mean, I think, I don't know for you, but for me, the sex education that I got in middle school was very centered around don't have sex. And that's pretty much it. We're not actually going to talk about pleasure or that sex can be pleasurable. So automatically young boys and young girls go to porn to receive education. And that is just a very skewed one-sided way of relating to sexuality in my opinion. And so when we grow up with that and then the lack of actual sex education of like truth, we end up with a society of men and women and people all together who are disconnected of disconnected from their own personal sexual sexual expression as well as not really curious about the other person's sexual expression because we've just kind of been primed to not talk about sex or it's uncomfortable to talk about it so we're just not going to say anything or if you're in a sexual experience with someone Um, not feeling like you can voice like, Hey, that doesn't feel good. Or, Hey, this would actually feel better because you're feeling like you're ruining the moment or just these different kinds of narratives that we all kind of fall into sometimes. So that's kind of my big chunk of information on that. I kind of went on. (laughs) Yeah. I think too, I'm like, I think it'd be fun to maybe like talk about the Madonna whore complex and then we can get back into like what sexuality looked like in high school. But another thing I thought of, I was like, damn it, I should have talked about this on your episode, but I took a class that was called like behavioral endocrinology and like something that we talked about and we can, you know, we could talk about this in some other ways. Like there's neuroscience studies on like what arousal and like getting, you know, like that in men and women's brains and how that looks different. Um, and like, I can't remember exactly what the connections are, but basically like in women's brains, there's like more connections to, um, like kind of like, like internal stimuli outside stimuli, whereas like men, it is like a little bit more like automatic a lot of the times. And like ours are like more connected to like thoughts and experiences and like emotions, which I think is like really cool to like know and see and like look at these like brain areas and be like something different's happening here and this doesn't need to be like a threat but this is something to be curious about right that's super fascinating that like there's actual 
yeah, like brain sort of um, like studies on like what's actually happening in our brains, because I think that's spot on. Like, I think a woman's sexual response is very different, you know, and it's very individual. So it's not, it's not the same for all women, but usually generally speaking for women, it takes more slowness. It takes time for us to be fully aroused as for men, their response, their sexual arousal response can be really quick and automatic, like you shared. And so I think keeping in mind that, 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 that it's different will allow for deeper sexual connections in relationship when we have the awareness of how the other person operates. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's like Mm -hmm. super important. Of course, there's variability within women and men like needing, you know, more and like based on our past experiences, like how the brain is kind of connected. But yeah, I think like I think it could be cool to just like briefly talk about the Madonna horror complex because I've been like thinking about that lately like kind of the idea that we like it's hard in our head in society to like see someone be like really sexual and like love the sexual experience in the bedroom but also be this like housewife figure and like how do we um you know it's like where do we think this like came from in society and like how do we move away from that and like let women be like all that they are and like be able to be all these different sides of them you know yes I think this belief system of like yeah the Madonna whore complex of like how can I be respected if I am sexual or in my full sexual expression and really like I think that this comes from like centuries of women feeling this pressure to fit into a box. And if you don't fit into that box of being a quote unquote, good girl or good woman, then you aren't worthy of a partner. You aren't worthy to be wed and things like these kind of ideas that stay in, stay like entrenched in our society. Even if we take back layers, there's still this like deeply embedded piece around not being able to be respected if you're in your full sexual embodied self. And I just think that that's completely bullshit because your sexual expression is your, your nature. It is your natural beingness. And I think anything that society tries to control means that there's immense power there and there's immense like strength there. And I think that that's almost where it's come from is like centuries of this sort of disempowering women in their sexual expression and controlling, controlling us almost. And yeah, we get to really rewrite that story. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting to, like, think like that, and I think it just, like, takes being, like, open-minded to, like, people can be, like, dynamic people, and, like, sexuality is, like, a very specific energy and experience, and, you know, like, not that that dictates how you are in every other experience and area of your life, and I think you, like, really, like, communicated that well on, like, where some of the root of that and the fact that 
when things are kept quiet, it's probably because there's an immense amount of power behind that. And, you know, really for me, it's like, I want everyone to have this like really amazing sexual experience. I want them to everyone to be able to be themselves, to heal their traumas. Like, this is like what I want in the world I want to work towards. So I know you like relate on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's true. I, I feel like I want a world where all people feel connected to themselves so deeply to a place where they know exactly what their sexual expression feels like and looks like, and they can clearly communicate that with a partner and, and be fully in it because that like, how beautiful and magical is that a woman, a man being in their fully embodied sexual expression and like gifting that to a partner, having that beautiful dance between each other. It's the most sacred thing. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's so important and so healing. Um, But yeah, I think like to pivot a little bit from the Mm -hmm. Madonna whore complex and kind of that conversation, I'd love to kind of dive into just generally like you know, when you started being sexually like active, like what was that experience like? And like kind of what were the stories there or what were the feelings after the experiences? And like kind of now looking back, what do you kind of realize about that time? Yeah. Yeah. When I started having sex, I thought I thought it was like great. I finally have had sex. So now everything's perfect and I can sleep with whoever and it's great. And at the same time, I felt so confused. I felt so lost in what I was even doing and why I was doing it. And I was almost feeling like this is just what you do when you grow up. This is just how people relate is you have sex with each other and I was, I feel like a lot of my programming too came from like romantic movies that I watched as a kid and, and feeling like, feeling like if I was having sex with a guy, I would be able to make him my boyfriend or like things like that. These like funny stories that I'm just, I kind of laugh at now, but in the moment when I was a teenager, I was like, yeah, okay. And then when it wouldn't happen, I felt like, what's wrong with me? Like, and then I would get down on myself feeling like. I did something wrong. They don't like me anymore. And I was kind of going about it in such a wrong, twisted way. Because in my mind, I was thinking, sex equals love. And so from that perspective and acting from that place, I was feeling super empty afterwards. Because of course, many of those times it was not, it didn't equal love. And it was just the physical act of having sex. And there were so many times where it wasn't feeling good, or I felt like I didn't want to continue having sex and I didn't say anything. And so a lot of those traumas that happened where I was not, I didn't feel safe to speak the truth of what was going on or what felt good for me, because ultimately I didn't have any sort of representation in my life that told me that, yeah, Aaron, you can speak up. You know, there wasn't any, I didn't believe that you could do that because I, I didn't see it in my world. And so I felt like that just 
that time of my life really was like the foundation of how I perceived men, how I perceived relationships. And I had a lot of anger in me when I was like in college and resentment. And I, I put on sort of this, this armor where I was like, well, I'm going to do my own thing then. I'm an independent woman and I can have sex with whoever I want. When really I was so disconnected from myself and feeling so low self-esteem around everything, all of my sexual experiences, yet I had this front to try and protect myself that this was the way you did it. And that was also learned behavior through movies and things like that. So I just think that all of that had to happen for me to get to where I am now. And I look back and reflect that all of it was really just this deep lack of self-esteem and lack of education on my, my part of just like, I didn't have the resources. I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, that's kind of the history around my past sexual experiences. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel you and I relate to a lot of that. And I guess like I'll share some of my story too, because I think just like talking about these experiences, like if women are feeling this way now, it's like a reminder that you can get to the other side of it. And also just feeling seen in the the past, if you felt that way too. I think, I think, like I said before, there are like women that get into relationships kind of with boyfriends and have these like really beautiful first (laughs) virginity experiences or sexual experiences and, um, you know, stay in a pretty healthy groove with that but I I know from a lot of people that there is this messaging and I wonder like beyond society like how this gets started and I know in my own life where some of those kind of like messages and themes around like what men want kind of came from from you know also society but also some like family dynamics and like themes that were communicated to me but yeah I think I felt the same way that you did and I wasn't conscious of it but wow, I'm really excited to like do this sex thing that I've seen in movies and like feel grown up. (laughs) But also feeling like sex meant people would like me more. Sex meant people would choose me. Sex meant love. Sex meant people were appreciating and loving me. And it didn't mean that at all. Um, And it resulted in like that distance in my mind feeling something's off here, feeling very used, um, I, I even like moments of like when I first had sex or the first couple times being like, is this it? Like, is this what everybody talked about that was like so cool and awesome and fun? Like, this <laughs> doesn't seem fun. Like, I don't really like this. This isn't that cool or fun. Um, and then also having some experiences, those experiences were disempowering, but then also having some experiences kind of surrounding alcohol that were like blatantly, like, you know, blatantly assault, blatantly traumatic. And those kind of shaping different things around sexuality. And I think like, to be honest with everyone listening, the audience, like I'm still unpacking like my sexual trauma there and it still like shows up in my life and my relationship now. And it's, um, I feel like our sexuality is such a delicate thing. And when you have those experiences, it can get so twisted, which is why I think both of us are like advocating for earlier conversations and education about this because 
-hmm. I think in both of our experience experiences, it was a lot of undoing pretty painful narratives and stories around ourselves and our body and like what we owed men, what we owed sexual partners. And, um, yeah, I think like during that time, I just, I knew I was like feeling bad and empty around alcohol and around sex. And that caused me to, for three years, just completely stop having sex because part of my story had also been being really slut shamed. So I thought, well, this isn't making men love me and this is making women hate me. So I'm going to turn this off. And I turned it off for like three years of my life which at the time made sense to my brain, but also did a lot of damage, you know, going from extremes from having these like disempowering sexual experiences to not having sex for three years and like not feeling like I could have sex because women wouldn't like me because I would feel used again because I actually felt like deep down, I didn't feel like I deserved pleasure in my body, which were super disempowering narratives to feel, to feel in me. And yeah, I think it's just been a process really for me since like 2018 and 2019 of kind of starting to unravel those things. But my sexual experiences used to honestly not feel consensual, not feel my pleasure, feel traumatic. um, And yeah, just not feel connected, not feel connected to another person and so disconnected from my pleasure when I talk about this you know I share with people like I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 22 like I just couldn't even let my body go there because of all these experiences that had been so like difficult for me yeah yeah thanks for sharing all of that and it's I feel like I relate to you so much and just like not prioritizing, not feeling the, the, that we have the capacity to prioritize our pleasure and feeling like going from extremes of like having a lot of sex and then not having sex at all. I feel like I similarly did that because it was almost like I felt so disconnected that I was like, I'm just not going to have sex at all. And also moving through these shame pieces around me liking sex and me feeling like, oh my gosh, am I a slut or feeling this, you know? And I think that ultimately the truth, the capital T truth around this is anyone can do anything they want when it comes to their own personal sexuality. If you are feeling empowered and you want to have sex with 10, 20 people a week, whatever it is, a hundred percent do it if you're being safe, if it's sane, if it's consensual, if you're feeling empowered in it, then a hundred percent do it. And there's another side of it that if you're not feeling empowered in that, and it's leaving you feeling empty, that's something to reflect on. That's something to look at because I do believe that we are sexual beings and the only person who knows if it's empowering for you or not is you. No one can tell you like, you're having sex with that many people, like you should be ashamed of yourself. But it's like, if she or he or they are feeling empowered, by all means, go and do it. But sometimes it's important also to take these pauses if there's moments of feeling like, hey, something's off, how you and I both had those experiences of just like, this doesn't feel 
like the thing that it should feel like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Definitely. I think that's like so powerful relating it back to that message. Cause at the end of the day, this isn't like being like, it leaves you feeling empty. It's not to judge people. It's like whatever makes you feel empowered and good in your sexuality. Like that is what we want for you. And I think for me, I just started to realize that I was like, as I started to grow in my love for my body, in my self-esteem, my self-worth, like just treating my body like a sacred temple, the more that I started that, the more that I, like, I think I had a progression where it was like hypersexual, very disconnected in high school, shut off for three years, trying to get back into sexuality, maybe pivoting too far again, because I was starting to feel slightly empowered, but then coming back to this place of realizing like, I love my body. I feel like it's the sacred temple and like having experiences of sharing it with people that weren't giving it that same reverence that I didn't feel like fully respected it. And it it didn't even mean like it fully had to be in the context of a relationship, but just really checking in with your intuition. If someone is like seeing you and feeling you and really like loving it and appreciating your body and also seeing your inherent worth outside of your body before getting into this like very intimate kind of act with another person and that's like what I've learned and what feels good for me now with of course a lot of you know (laughs) trial and error and I think it's important to note the story is kind of about women's sexuality but like I have heard from men and I think sharing your body in that way and especially like men in the way they like feel they have to perform in sex and also feeling like potentially a woman uses your body that doesn't feel good to them either you know right exactly I love that you shared that it's so true and I think that you know we get to come back to the sacredness of sharing such as intimate experience with another human being it's the closest you can physically be with another person. And we've forgotten how sacred that is. And we've forgotten the amount of massive sexual energy that is created in that, which is life force energy, creative energy. And in that, there's so much power in like recognizing that and having this deep intention with another partner to have this exchange happen and ha- and having it be extremely intentional and serving both people to their highest. And through that, it takes like communication and boundaries and safety and really creating the container for these transform transformative intimate experiences to happen. And a lot of that, I believe, starts with an individual experience of like, how are you relating to yourself sexually? How curious are you about your sexual arousal? Because ultimately, if you aren't able to tap into that for yourself, it's going to be a lot more difficult to voice that and communicate that with a partner. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's so important. And the communication piece and just making sure that every person feels kind of nourished and authentic in their sexual experience is so, 
so important. And something I thought of as well is just that when we have that safety and something I've noticed within myself is when I have that safety, it's like my sexuality blooms. Like that safety creates me opening up to myself and being more sexual in ways that I've never been before with another partner when that safety is created in a sexual experience and how healing that can be with that safety that there is that much openness in the sexual experience. Mm -hmm. Safety is number one. I honestly feel that if you do not feel safe in a situation, there is no way that you are going to be able to open yourself up to receive or give fully from your your heart space and from your erotic nature and so to create the like container around that is safety is the number one thing because then you can soften and open and I found that with my own experiences as well as like I can open way more to a partner if I just soften a bit and I breathe and I feel that it's that we've created that safety to begin with yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so important. And even like, even within a safe relationship, making sure every time you kind of interact sexually, it is in like a safe dynamics. I think like, I think it's interesting because like our brain, when we first had these disempowering sexual experiences, thought the way to fix this or solve this is no sex. And like really the antidote in a way to these like painful experiences in the past is really loving and connected sexuality, communicative sexuality, feeling like our needs are met, that we feel safe, that we feel seen, that we feel loved. And like, that is really the antidote that heals those experiences in the past when we were wanting love in terms of like sharing our body. And we thought that was the way to get it. Like now having these experiences that rewrite these narratives is a really helpful part of like the healing process here. Absolutely. So well said. Yeah. 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 I would love to hear like, no, no, (laughs) not to share too much, I guess, but like, have there been like sexual experiences lately? And like, now are you like really like feeling like you're embodying this um, really like kind of powerful, loving, connected sexuality? Like, how is it like kind of starting to feel like in the present moment or like what things potentially still kind of come up for you? I love this. And honestly, right now, it feels like I've been in a phase of like healing from my past relationship. I was just in like a long-term relationship with my ex-boyfriend and that, that was kind of the first relationship that I had where I felt this deep deep loving connection and like connected sex where it was, it was like almost emotional to speak about because it was so different than what I was used to. And that was the first time I I like felt this taste of like deep love and deep consideration and safety in prioritizing my pleasure, prioritizing my safety as well as his safety and his pleasure and so that experience in itself was like just like our relationship was so beautiful for what it was and and now that that has finished I I feel like that 
once that relationship ended, I had a huge realization of like reprioritizing what I need and desire in relationship. And so for the past year, I've been celibate and I've been like really on a journey of self-pleasure and prioritizing that and coming back to that because once the relationship ended, I felt like towards the end, I was getting really lost and I was getting almost like old patterns coming up and attachment styles and feeling disconnected with him sexually. And so in that, I knew that I needed time for myself, which I think is so important for some people. And for me, that was a hundred percent what I needed. And I'm still in that sort of healing process, but I actually had, um, a beautiful completion ceremony with him recently because it felt like there were still these like ties and we had such a beautiful reflection to each other of like deep appreciation for our relationship and the roles that we served for each other and how much growth has come out of our separating. And after that, I felt so like, oh my gosh, my heart, my pussy, everything feels open to like put myself out there to date again. And it was almost like that was, that was kind of the cherry on top of what I needed to fully allow myself to get back into dating and sexually exploring because I find it, I find it's the deepest way to get to know you and another person intimately is like sexually exploring and finding what your um, new erotic flavor is after relationships. And that's kind of, yeah, that's like where I'm at right now when it comes to dating and sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like just hearing that story, like, I feel like I could just cry because like, I feel like how profound it is. And like, I went through a breakup in November and I'm like just starting a new relationship. And I think my relationship before this one was the first like taste of sexuality being loving and connected. And this next relationship has been like way more expansive in that way. And like, like you said, it's like sometimes when we're in those sexual experiences, like I literally feel like I could cry because it's like so beautiful and so safe and so like infused with so much love and like I just like feel it so much for you and it just makes me so happy for you that you were able to have that and also have this like beautiful um, closing ceremony with this person because it's you know of course it's so sad that you guys didn't continue to grow together but how beautiful is it to like celebrate love and celebrate life and have this like beautiful kind of like closing ceremony together and I really wanted to do that with my past partner and it life did not work out that way and we're like not really in contact anymore and I think you know that is for the best but I'm just it feels really good and I'm really happy for you that you were able to like have that experience and that kind of completion like it literally makes my heart like expand hearing that because we get so attached to things in life and like at the end of the day like every experience and every moment we have with a person that's learning and helping us heal and grow um is so beautiful and so expansive. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I feel like, you know, every person we come in contact with, every person we date, and 
we are intimate with is a teacher and there's lessons to be learned. And I think that we get to reprogram what ending a relationship or ending a partnership, ending a intimate dynamic with another person, we get to reprogram that because I think a lot of times it can be painful and there's a lot of resentment that could be there or heartbreak and all of that is so valid. And on the other side of it, can we lean into this deeper knowing of like, maybe not every person that I am dating or in contact with is meant to be in my life forever. Can I cherish the moments that I had? And can I cherish the love that was shared and the knowledge that was, that was discovered while being in that partnership? And I think that was a huge takeaway for me in that completion was like, I just felt this really deep gratitude for our relationship and just not feeling this, um, not feeling this big sort of weight of like, oh, the heartbreak, because I I gave myself the time to heal. And I I just had this deep, deep gratitude and, and love for who he was and who he was in my life and the relationship for itself. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I've just been learning so many lessons around love, like the past, I don't even know, it's been more than six months, maybe like the past like nine months, it's been such a big journey around like love and relationships and sexuality and loving sexuality and connected sexuality. And um, man, does it bring up stuff, but it also like allows for so much healing and it is really hard to be present with whatever is meant to be will happen and just cherish people for what they do bring into your life without like attaching to the the timeline that we like created in our head with everything so yeah just thank you for being vulnerable and kind of like sharing more about that and yeah I can just like I can just feel it in my heart and I can feel it in your heart and I'm excited for you to get back out there too but I can feel you're in like a really good and like grounded place with it which is really Mm -hmm. good to hear Mm, thank you yeah I feel it I feel like it's there's a new page opening (laughs) yeah yeah I guess just to end off on I'd love to just like I guess if you feel comfortable talk a little bit more about like I think you did a little bit already but like a little bit more about what felt so different about this experience of sexuality with your past partner and relationship and the ways it was healing for you Yeah. So in this relationship, it felt like sex wasn't something that just needed to happen. It felt like sex was something that was an exchange that we both were deeply having this like spiritual experience almost of like, this feels like this feels like almost the reason we're all here, (laughs) you know, this kind of cosmic bliss and deep surrender and in past relationships and past sexual experiences that I've had, I've been very out of my body or thinking whether he's enjoying it or whether I'm doing it right or being self-conscious about how my body looks while we're having sex. But with my ex, it felt almost like 
there was this like <laughs> union that was happening that I had never experienced of like full surrender, full like I'm letting you in to everything and you're letting me into everything. And there's almost like no turning back, but we're safe in this and we've created that safety. And to feel that level of connection and deep trust and intimacy is so fucking scary and vulnerable, but it's also a ticket to your expansion ultimately and a ticket to your deservingness and you leaning into prioritizing your pleasure and your sexuality and that expression. And it doesn't have to look like a specific way. And that was so healing for me in this relationship is like, I didn't feel like I needed to perform. I didn't feel like I needed to act a specific way or do something to be more erotic or something like it felt like I could literally just be me and we could be playful with it. And it was like, yeah, it was just such a special expansive period of my life because I kind of, I kind of got to a point in the relationship and I was like, is this like our sexual connection? This is like as good, as good as it's going to get, you know? And having that moment was so profound for me because I had always felt like disconnected to some extent, having every sexual experience that I was in previous to this last partnership I was in. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel that yeah. energy and just, I guess, to share like a little bit of my experience too. I, I like, I feel that energy as well. And I, I think there are still some times where I like, like you said at the end where like I do at the end of your relationship where I do sometimes notice myself slip back into like an old trauma behavior and catch it you know it's not perfect but for the majority right. of my my new kind of experience of sex it's um it's like cosmic it's like you literally feel right. like <laughs> time stops and like you're in a different universe in this connection and I think it was almost like interesting for me to feel so like this is what life's about because I was like what about my purpose and I'm like but this is like it like this is it was like so amazing and so cosmic and so Mm -hmm. safe and felt so loving and so not about my body and also that if anything makes me feel uncomfortable if I need to stop that like the validate, like I'm always allowed to be like, I'm not feeling it right now. Something about this doesn't feel good. Like the safety to speak up was so healing as well. And I think like, yeah, I think it's like hard to even put into words what sexuality was before and how disempowering it is. And now that it feels so loving and so connected and so you know, about love, about tons of eye contact, about literally entering a different universe or world for a little bit of time together and like surrendering to the process and our own like insecurities that come up there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's also another 
point that I'd love to add was like, what I noticed was different too, is like this, almost like this deep pleasure in the experience altogether without this like need to finish or orgasm, which there's a time and place and like, it's perfect to have sex and like want to orgasm. But there was almost this deeper surrender of like, that doesn't like, that doesn't need to happen. We're just like, so caught up in the moment where this is, you know, this, this experience is unfolding before us and like how pleasurable all parts of it is rather than like this focus on getting to the end. And of course there were moments where like, that was the focus, you know, and it, and, and that's fine. But I think that having that, having those kinds of experiences are like, whoa, okay. It doesn't like that's reprogramming in itself of like, okay, it doesn't have to end with an orgasm or it doesn't, you know, and that was really crazy for me to like wrap my head around and don't get me wrong. Like our sex life, it felt like there were, there were definitely times where we needed to communicate and there were things, especially towards the end of the relationship where things started getting messy and tricky and old patterns were coming up and old behaviors were coming up because there were other things happening in the relationship dynamic. So I also want to share that as well, because of course, like having a sexual relationship with someone, like things come up and things change and it isn't always going to be this like cosmic bliss all the time. I just wanted to like (laughs) cover that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think sexuality is also just like a mirror for the relationship. And if there's like an untalked about thing or an unresolved like issue or just something coming up, like it's probably going to be present as well, like in the bedroom, because you can't be fully vulnerable and open if there's this like thing that's up. And if you kind of go through with it without like integrating that into the experience, I think that's a time when past like trauma responses or past behaviors around like sexuality can come out. Yes, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think from that, is there anything I guess you would like to say about, um, I guess specifically it's been on my mind, like sexual trauma and that type of healing. And I think maybe I want to do like a full episode kind of on that experience of healing, but I guess just anything around that, or if that was like, part of your story or you know I guess anything more that you'd want to share there if you feel comfortable yeah yeah absolutely um yeah I definitely had my fair share of sexual trauma and like lowercase t and also like capital capital t trauma so through my journey of looking at that and owning that and knowing that I'm not a victim to my circumstance and really tapping into that has supported me a lot, but throughout my journey of healing that, I mean, I'm still healing it. It's still something that comes up and it's a journey, right? Like it's something that we just get to unpack and look at more and more. And I think the biggest support for me in that was to go to my body and allow my body to show me where this trauma was and how it felt in my body and kind of going through processes around looking at the trauma, 
having flashbacks of it happening and, and just really rewriting the story of like what that meant and feeling like I was to blame for not speaking up and, you know, those kind of memories live in the body when you have this like traumatic experience and specifically with sexual trauma for me, a lot of that lived in my yoni, like a lot of, which is like my vulva vagina, like a lot of that was there. And through like therapeutic yoni massage, I was able to sort of move some of the energy that was there and open up myself to pleasure again. And yeah, I think sexual trauma is such an individual experience. And it's, like I said, it's a continuous journey because there's still things there that I look at and still feel triggered by and still feel uncomfortable by. But I feel that I have different resources and knowledge around how to support myself and support my nervous system and use my voice to share what's going on for me with different partners and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like, thank you for sharing. And I, I relate to those feelings as well. And I remember earlier in the episode, you kind of saying to that, just some experience from your sexual experiences was this deep kind of anger and I think in me I like the result of that trauma was this anger I wasn't really addressing at Allman and even trying to trauma reenact that all men were looking to assault me or all men were looking to be abusers or all men were like this in a way and like you said it, it's like deep work and it's of course for me still a work in progress as well but it's like the awareness is there now before just I was so unconsciously going through these acts and feeling this way. And now the awareness is there and the awareness to kind of rewire those pathways and, you know, open up my yoni, my vagina to like healing experiences. And I think that is super empowering. Yeah, I feel that as well. I feel like that was a part of my journey too, is like feeling like all men are out to get me or all men want is sex or just having these stories of generalizing men as a whole when really I was just kind of going through this loop of my trauma and the the like pain that came along with that and sort of like punishing all because of it. And so now that I do have this awareness, it's like I'm really moving towards dropping into tapping into seeing the highest in men and seeing them in their divine essence, because that was really hard for me after this traumatic thing that happened. It was really hard for me to see men in that light and see that like I could open myself up again to good men, you know? Yeah. I think that's a lot of like my learning now is like loving men and like yeah, just deeply like learning to love men. And also I think something too I notice is like when we have those stories in our brain, like it's like our we unconsciously are also like attracting in men that just want to treat us that way. I notice that. And once I started doing the work on myself, 
and started changing some of those beliefs, I did start choosing and attracting men that were not just looking to do that. Right, right. That's a huge piece. Yeah. And I think also it's like, it's a testament of like where you're at in your journey is like, how are we perceiving the men that come in our life and how are we relating to them from, is it coming from that place of integration or is it coming from that place of like fear and trauma and, and almost like punishment or something. But I, yeah, I feel like that's a huge piece. Yeah, definitely. Like the anger and fear is like a huge piece. And I can even remember like as recently as last year and some still like that I, if I would be in like a group of men or around men, I would like feel like tight or scared or like nervous that something was going to happen, you know? Right. Yeah. I totally have had those experiences (laughs) too. Like being in places where there's different men and also being in places where I feel like I'm being looked at in a very objectifying way and feeling really scared and feeling almost like that anger builds up there. And so, yeah, it's a learning journey because I still feel like sometimes that comes up for me and, and just, yeah, learning to support myself in that and not even like judge someone for just what I'm perceiving them to be. Yeah. I think it goes back to like, you know, of course, trusting your intuition if someone is like problematic, but also just like not living in fear and these like trauma behaviors of like thinking all men are going to be this way because of a past experience and like learning and integrating into your life more good men, more safe men in like a lot of different ways, I think is really important. And also like being aware, like we've kind of said in our journey and our story that like um, sometimes in the journey and in the experience, you flip flop from extremes or like, I think a part of my journey was being kind of like overly sexual and like, I don't really care now or like presenting in this way that also wasn't like exactly fully serving me either. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So, so true. Definitely. Well, is there anything else you want to add or just tell people where to find you? I think this conversation was really good and will be like super healing for everyone um, who listens. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. I feel like this conversation was like so needed and came at the perfect time. And yeah, I just feel like even in these episodes, like in speaking about this out loud, there's just like so much transformation and movement when we just speak out loud these truths or our experiences and the knowledge that we have to share with each other so just like thank you so much for having me on and where people can find me I live on Instagram mostly and so my handle is at the intimacy artist it's my new business page And yeah, I also have a podcast called Woman Codes, which Madeline is on and I'm working on season two right now. So that should be up in probably about a month, but yeah, that's where people can connect to me. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. And I'm so glad I had you on as well. And I think what you said is so true that like speaking out loud, our truth is so powerful and I just I feel like this conversation was just like a warm hug and I feel so nourished and I think I saw a post today about like women's voices and how um yeah like how for generations just our voice has been suppressed so how healing 
it is to just have our stories heard um, on topics like this and topics related to sexuality. So I'm so happy that you came on and we were both able to kind of dive into this. Yes. Oh my gosh. Me too. Thank you so much. And yeah, this episode just feels magnetic. Yeah, it does. So magnetic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 